Welcome to the C3 Vancouver Church Podcast. Senior Pastors Darren and Bree Elliott are so excited to share this word with you and believe that God will speak to you through it. Here at C3 Vancouver, we know that God has the best in store for you today and every day. I want to draw your attention to three different scriptures uh, this morning, and uh, I'm going to just dive into them really quick. I've entitled this message, we're talking about tribe, I've entitled this Tribal Stew. And I know that makes no sense, but it will here in a moment. I want to read to you out of Psalm 34, verse 8. It says this, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that takes refuge in him. Okay, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's this idea that if you taste the Lord, you will see, the proof will be in the stew, that the stew is good. I've got a couple of other scriptures that are a little bit interesting uh, that kind of you wouldn't see how maybe they're attached, but as I look at the uh, book of Genesis, chapter number 25, verses 29 through 34, there's an account of a young man who comes in from the field and sees his brother after a long day of hunting, and he's really hungry, and his brother is cooking what is described as a savory stew. It's a fragrant, aromatic stew that him being hungry, as he walks in, the smell gets in his nose and it like draws him in like a tractor beam and he's got to have some of that stew. Yes, he's hungry, but the stew is attractive enough to get his attention. And so the Bible says he goes ahead and he eats. Now, there's one more scripture that I want to draw your attention to out of 2 Kings and it's the opposite. Bunch of hungry people, they gather together, the, the life of Elisha, and he's with the, the school of the prophets. And in this chapter, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 39 through 41, we have the story of the cook getting together and realizing for the people in the room, he actually does not have enough stew. So he decides to send one of the guys out to add to the stew. This young man goes through the fields and he picks some gourds. And not knowing what they are, he puts them in his, in, in his shirt and he carries them in and they dump them into the stew. And as soon as they begin to eat, somebody screams out, Oh, man of God, there's death in this pot. Now, there's no actual description of anyone dying. I think really the real connotation is that this is nasty. This is a disgusting stew. And I'm actually starving, and the stew would help me. But everything about this stew is actually driving me in the opposite direction. So I want to talk to you about the tribal stew that will happen as we come together that already exists here. It's also very prevalent at Elevate Church. And as we become C3 Southwest Washington, this idea of a tribal stew. You know, the idea of tribe is very simple. Anytime a group comes together, they begin to uh, gather together because they have similar values. They have similar verbiage. And that's the thing I love about me and Darren, that there is already similar. There has been. We've influenced one another. Very similar values. Very similar language. Uh, Sometimes I help to interpret for him when we go places, but other than that, a very similar language. But in being together as we kind of hang out, there's also been a developed culture. Culture is kind of like flavor. It's the smell of a stew. As a group of people come together and they begin to do what they do, and, and, and whether it's here right now at this moment as a church, or it's as we gather for birthdays or other celebrations, or we come together around a, a dinner table at someone's house, as we come together, tribes in their gathering actually create a stew. What do I mean by that? When we get together and we interact and we say hi and we high five and we have a coffee together, there is actually something that's created in our gathering that we actually consume and it feeds us. Are you tracking with me? 
So this morning as I came in, I walked in, and I am actually eating the stew of C3 Vancouver. Come on, it's good stuff. Go ahead and give yourself a hand. It's, it's, it's something that we value together. It's something that, is, that has a common language, different than other tribes, but it's also something that we personally value. Okay, as we step in, the way we talk, the way we understand one another, that actually creates a stew as we're in this room. Now, one of the things I want to help you to see is, as we come together, as we come uh, and we begin to do the tribal thing together, not only do we enjoy the stew, but there is an attractiveness in the stew that a hungry world desires to experience, but we are the chefs that create the stew. Does that make sense? And so I want to dive into a couple of thoughts here with you this morning uh, on this idea of, of tribes. And of course, I'm talking about the spiritual tribe, which is known as the church. There are many other tribes, and you're probably part of them. Um, the rap group that Darren raps with, that's a tribe, okay? Right? Hanging out. Some of you work in a place where, where you work, that's a tribe. Those are natural tribes. And they also have a similar value, a similar verbiage, and they create a culture, the sports team that your child is on, you and the parents together. Those are natural tribes, and those natural tribes have earthly value. They kind of make our lives a little bit better, right? And so there's nothing wrong with natural tribe. But there's one spiritual tribe that as it comes together and creates its stew, it has something different. It doesn't just make life better. It injects life into people who experience it. In fact, beyond that, it, the, the life that it injects is so strong that that life injected is an abundant life, it's a concentrated life, and it actually consumes the death that it touches. That is the stew that the church creates. As we come together as, as believers today this morning, as we worship together, as we interact, as we pray for one another, there is a stew that is created in our gathering that is a life giving stew that people can experience. Can I have an amen? And it's so powerful, and I want you to see a couple of components of this as we talk about the idea. This supernatural stew is created in our activity, not just in this room, but outside of this room. It gives life. It gives so much life that it's referred to as abundant life. Jesus said what? I have come that they may have... Oh, some of you, you're going to learn this scripture. I have come that they may have what? And life, like, see, what he's saying is, I've come to give you life. That means you, ha you ha don't have life without it. Basically, humanity is the walking dead, surviving from day to day, eating off of one another, taking from one another. I mean, it really, the walking dead show really is a spiritual metaphor. But Jesus came to give us life. And he didn't just say, I'm going to bring you back to life. He said, I'm going to give you abundant life. It's the idea that this life is so concentrated and so powerful that when it's placed within us, it injects a, a, a component that takes over death. This, that's, that, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, what does the Bible say? It's now within us. And so because it's within us, the spirit of God allows our lives to not only take on life, but to bring life to death wherever it goes. That is the secret sauce of this tribal stew that happens as we get together. Amen? Okay, so let's push a little, for, a little farther with that. So I want to give you three points, and I'm going to um, try to give these to you quick because I want to make sure that I get to the end and we actually can pray together, okay? All right. Oh, no. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but I do appreciate that. Um, 
Number one, and I want you to dial into this idea of this stew as we come together, that number one, God is experienced in our tribal stew. Now, I know I've already kind of alluded to that, but I need you to, to like lean forward and have confidence in this idea. That as we come together, there is a different component in the gathering of God's people than there is of any sports team. It's felt by people, it's realized, it's experienced by people. I mean, I've been on a sports team. I know what it is to wrestle underneath the lights. I know what it is to hear the Rocky theme. I know what it is to look up at the lights, wishing the Rocky theme would play. I know what it is then to get lucky and then be on top of somebody, looking down at them as they're begging for the Rocky theme to kick in for them. I understand the, the value of natural tribes. But there is something powerful when we come together as families, not just on a Sunday, but in relationship together, that God is made known in this tribal stew. God is experienced as we come together and as we tribe. Our stew doesn't just enhance life. Our, our, our stew injects people with a life that overcomes death. Our tribe has the super ingredient and his name is Jesus. I've got a buddy. I should tell you this, that every year, Labor Day weekends, our church, we're a little competitive. I'm a little bit competitive. We're not competing right now, but I'm winning, just so you know. Um, as we look at Labor Day, we have a chili cook-off. And we have a pie bake-off. And we have the junior cupcake competition. And so on that day, we got tables set up for you know, a, a huge amount of people. They walk in. I don't know why people want to go to potlucks at a church. But this is chili day. And we usually have about... 15 comp competitors who've made a big chili, big pot. And if you're fortunate enough on this day, you've been, you've been tapped as a judge. And the judges all get a little Dixie cup of the 15 stews, and they taste and sample each one of the stews, and then decide who is crowned the champion of the stew competition. Now, eating 15 cups of that stew, they could have a competition later on after that, but we won't go into that. We'll just... <laughs> Just know, I got a buddy who competes, and he's always at the top. He put, he ha, he's got a Traeger. He cooks a brisket, 18 hours, secret sauce on the top. And so his, his component before he ever starts with the chili is this amazing brisket. It's shredded beef that goes inside of this chili. I mean, it's like, it's not even really a chili. It's just like liquid meat. It's amazing. <laughs> I never know which one is his, and I make my way down the line, but I'm looking for that amazing chili. And what a, what, a, what a cool thing for everybody to come together and somebody to be crowned as the head chili you know, winner for that year. But I want you to know that in our gathering, and as a chili is cooked, and as people smell it, as people taste to see, here's the confidence that God will be experienced as good. And God has said, as you tribe together, he will be revealed as we tribe. Amen? It's such a critical thing to understand. I know God can be experienced out on the top of the mountain, but I'm telling you right now, I did not experience tribe up on the mountain. I'm a first-generation believer. I know what it is to grow up in death. I know what it is to have the police at my house many times. I know what it is to hide in the trailer park from my own parents. I know what it is to experience all kinds of insanity. I know what it is to see my dad's car upside down on the front page of a newspaper in seventh grade to find out that there's a little girl dead in the other car. And of all things, it's a pastor's daughter who's dead. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to, wow, your life was so insane. No, I just grew up in death. 
And so I want you to know, I walked into a church in 1985. I was the walking dead. And that church had nothing this church had going on. There were no lights. There were no, there was none of this. It wasn't 21 by 9. It wasn't 16 by 9. It wasn't 4 by 3. It was overhead sheets that some old lady was going like this. And some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. 16 by what? I'm just telling you, there were no lights. There was no light tech. There was none of this. The lights were on full blast. There were chandeliers hanging down. The pastor's wife, she led worship. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. Woo! I will rejoice. Okay? And I'm telling you, there was nothing to attract an 18-year-old guy there. But I am telling you, I want you to hear this. When you are hungry and you come into an atmosphere where the life-giving ingredient is present, you will smell it. The Bible says in, in the book of Isaiah, come all you who are hungry, all you who are thirsty, and I will, I will give you food that, or, or give you milk and food that you have not bought. You will get it free. And he goes on to say in that same chapter, you have spent so much time shopping and buying to feed yourself with things that do not satisfy, but I will satisfy you. All my life, I know it was only 18 years, but I know what it is to be hungry, and one single taste. One taste is all it took. They had an altar call at the end. I didn't even know what I was getting into. This is the day. This is, I, I, want, I want to tell you something. There's something more powerful than presentation. I love presentation. I love me some atmosphere. But they had none of that going on. But they did have something. They had a stew. It was the gathering of God's people. These were people who were sincere. A bunch of, it was on the East Coast, a bunch of French-Canadian men in their 40s who had gotten together and got, got saved and loving God. And they're singing along, this is the day. And it was the 80s. Everybody had a tambourine. That should have been outlawed then. Thank God it's no longer allowed now. My parents had tambourines. It was like, I was so embarrassed. You're like, why? Because they had no rhythm at all. Everybody in the church had a, had a tambourine. But I, I remember when they introduced the opportunity to accept Jesus, to experience Stu. Man, I'm telling you what, I, I couldn't get up there fast enough. There's something powerful about the people of God when they gather. Jesus said this, if I be lifted up, what will I do? I will draw all men to me. It is a bona fide, guaranteed promise. If you lift him up, when we come together to tribe, there is a tractor beam supernaturally, and it's not based on the, the value of the argument of the preacher or all of the musicians hitting the right notes. It's totally based on the promise, if you lift me up, I'm going to draw them in. He didn't say, if you go up on the top of a mountain and behold all of creation, I'll draw them in. There is a supernatural power that happens as we tribe together as a church and we're drawn in to experience the stew that's created as we gather. But you've got to have the confidence. I, I want you to hear this. Have the confidence that God reveals himself in the stew of our tribe. Can I have an amen? Okay, the rest of you can say Amen. My phone keeps going off. I should turn it on. I use it to preach, so I should, like, extend the life of the screen here. Uh, let me give you the second point. Uh, God is experiencing his tribal stew. Let me just stop there for a second and just say, God is the only ingredient in the stew that is actually necessary. 
And why he has chosen to partner with us in this stew-making process makes no sense to me. But that's what he's chosen to do. And so I have leaned into that my whole life. That God, as we come together, I'm believing that you will save my kids. You will save my family. That you will save people that I know. I have the same confidence that what he has done in the past, he will do in the future. I stand many times on a Sunday morning. We have a grandson who's almost two years old. And he loves to be held. And I'm the tallest one in the family. And stand in the front row to worship God. And I'm I'm just believing that God's going to touch his life as he's touched mine and as he's touched my children. But here's the confidence that I have. That as he is in this environment with the people of God, that the stew he experiences when he tastes he will what? He will see that God is what? Good. Very valuable. Worth more than anything else. So that second thing I want to point out is that your participation creates the supporting ingredients. You know, it isn't just a a meat soup. It's a stew that's created. And so as we come together, I want you to see that your role in what we do is critical. It takes a lot of components to make up a stew, And as we come together, as we do life together, as we bring our two stews together, your role is critical. you got to see that in Scripture. you got to understand that as you look at the Bible. Uh, Darren will always say, your there-ness matters. That would be a common phrase for him to say. And what I want you to understand is you, you know, in context of this message, is that you are a critical chef in the kitchen. And I know you think, well, I, didn't, I wasn't on the platform today. Listen, I'm just telling you, the man who invited me to church that very first time had no official role in the church. He was not on the worship team. The man, thank God, didn't even have a tambourine. But his role in my life radically changed eternity. Every branch from that moment on has been radically impacted with life. It's not been perfect because God is having to, to grow this tree called Steve, okay? So it's got some twists and it got some turns. But since that moment in my life, every shoot that's gone off has been influenced by that moment. And I look back to that moment and understand that a man named Gary LaFerrier and his wife Carolyn were used mightily of God in my life in ways that they, they couldn't even see. My grandson standing there with me in church on a Sunday morning. They have a key role that they've played, a critical role. And so I think it's important for you to understand that God has significant use for you and value for you, and the tribal stew absolutely needs you. You know, ultimately, when the disciples said, Jesus, you've been preaching and teaching all day long. Pastor feels really inspired. He took extra 20 minutes. Not that you've ever had that happen here at this church. Except for last Sunday, I listened to the podcast, and Darren took 20 more minutes landing the airplane. It was really good stuff, right? Jesus preached on the whole day. And then the disciples said, the people are hungry. And what did Jesus say? You give them something to eat. And that's what I want you to see in this, that you have something to give that they will eat. And I, as a speaker, only play a small role. In fact, I don't, I don't personally believe that I play as a larger role as most people who step into leadership in the, in the average local church. Your role is critical. You impact the stew. And so I want to give you the third point really quick, and I think this is very valuable. How we cook is the flavor that attracts people. 
You know, Jesus being the one who is the, that, that super life-giving component of the stew that people will taste and see that he's good. But in order to get to the spot to even be attracted, there has to be an aroma. There has to be a fragrance to draw them. You know, I, I love the, the, the show, um, uh, uh, it's Rudy Rudiger, it's that time of year. Anybody know what movie I'm talking about? What's the name of the actual title? It's Rudy, right? That's the t- Okay, so Rudy's talking with a groundskeeper and announcing to the groundskeeper that someday he's going to run out of that tunnel. And the, the groundskeeper's like, well, does the coach know that? And Rudy's like, well, I don't even come to school here. The coach doesn't know. You know what? I need to go let him know. And he goes off and he marches off and he goes into Coach Parsegian's office and lets him know that someday I'm going to be on your team and I'm going to run out of that tunnel. I think one of the things that you and I have to, have to really understand and lean forward into is this idea that we are cooks and what we do impacts the flavor. And I want you to know that you are running out of the tunnel and what you're doing has a radical shaping fact for what people are attracted into. I want to just tell you, you know, standing here in the sanctuary, I don't know, I, I know Scott really well, pretty well. I know Scott's first name. I'm doing pretty well. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> but if I'm, if I'm sitting over here and this is my first time in, and Scott's the guy I'm looking through. I mean, he, you, love, you love Jesus, right? Yes. I like how quickly you answered. <laughs> Is there a prize for answering correctly? How tall am I? Uh, Wrong! Okay, there we go. <laughs> Listen, if we're singing about the greatness of God, this is, this is the power of your influence. Scott, who's a believer, singing about the greatness, we're singing about the greatness of God. Hold my microphone just for me, just for a second here. But I'm like, how great is our God? Where's my phone? I gotta check Facebook. I wanna get a, I gotta get a selfie here with my wife. Uh, how great is our God? Sing with me. How great, how great is our God? <laughs> you know what I love about so many of you? That when you, we sing those songs, and we didn't sing that this morning. I know that's like from the 80s, right? Well, come on, it's okay. We're from like, I'm from the 60s, so. I love to see people sing, how great is our God? Man, I love to see people in their posture lean forward and depict the thing that they're singing about. One of the things that stood out to me in that church that had no cool lights was that people were singing like the song that they were singing was real. It was my first experience ever being in a church where people were smiling. I'd normally, the church I had gone to as a kid had giant pipe organ and the pastor wore a black robe. It was like being in a Bela Lugosi Dracula movie. I was scared. God was scary. Everybody who was like under the power of God looked like they were in pain, constipated at least. I want you to know that you as a worshiper, the way you worship. You know, we had an opportunity to meet and greet. And I've been in some churches where it's like, Hey, how's it going? Yeah, okay. Hey, 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 I'm supposed to say hi to three people. Hey, how's it going? I love it when somebody walks up to you, looks you in the eye and says, hey, man, tell me about yourself. It's insane. We'd be here all day, <laughs> the, the two of us, making fun of each other. There's a power. There's an aroma. There's an attraction in how you do what you do, even if you're going through tough times, right? And your hands go up when it's a sacrifice of praise, Right? When you give and you're like, oh, he's taking up an offering again. Listen, it's going to happen every time we get together. Get over it. Newsflash. God loves a cheerful giver. 
Cheerful? God loves a what giver? Because it's an attractive flavor. There's a, there's a forward-leaning posture that happens that is attractive. You know how some people are like, oh, man, it's Monday. I got to go to work. That's not the heart of God's people. The heart of God's people is, guess what? It's Monday. I got a job. Woo! Right? I can't wait to get to work. Oh, man, it's so awesome. Yeah, I couldn't afford to buy that truck yet, so I'm waiting, and i got to drive this, this kind of less-than-great vehicle. I thank God for it. There is a posture in God's people that is attractive. It's attractive when we talk about one another. Listen, you don't want, guys, you don't want to talk bad about your wife around me because they're going to have a hard time finding your body. Because your wife is God's gift to you. And one of the reasons she's not perfect is because she's stuck in your world. <laughs> There's a flavor that, that is experienced through the way we talk. I have been to so many places. I've even been in church organizations where behind the scenes it's such negative, tearing people down. Uh, his posts on Instagram, they're lame. They're not even deep. You could get those just by saying, ooh, okay. I'm not kidding. But the thing that attracted me about these people was, man, they loved each other. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And I think I got the last two out of order. Forgive me for that for those of you who have definite OCD from the Bible experience. Let me give you that. I'm going to wrap it up right here. And uh, so I think I said, uh, man, I'm kind of sweaty. But you know what? I'm going to check my watch later and see if I burn more calories here than last week at my church. So it'll be... It's not a competition, but I'm always competing against myself. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm sure we got somebody who can. Do you got a tambourine? Oh, please say you do. You have an app? <laughs> How many of you appreciate Kelsey? She's going she's gonna to play something that's going to make the end of my message, better. <laughs> Musicians have a, the ability to do that. It's called the anointing. Thank God for it. Uh, we're stepping into a new season. And I say we, I'm going to include all of you in on that. I want you to know um, an honor that this is for me. That Darren would trust me and our team and that we would trust one another. It's, uh, this doesn't happen just doesn't. And I'm not saying that everything is going to be super easy. I've been married once. I still am. It's been really easy for me, but ask Rowena. It's not been easy. <laughs> but I do know this, that we're stepping into a new season of cooking, new season of creating stew. I already think your, your stew is so attractive. I can smell it. It's one of the things that I, I love about Darren, the attractive fragrance. <laughs> trying to be serious. Whatever. Well, now that Bree's back, he smells a lot better. There was two weeks she was, I see Bree back there. There was like three weeks that you were gone, and I don't know. <laughs> oh, I had to, used to have to remind my son when he was younger to, you can take a shower this week. It's good. Okay, so I, that didn't happen. Um, as we come together as one, uh, our churches are creating stew together. 
It's an attractive stew on its own, but I think even more attractive. We have the secret sauce, Jesus, right? And he reveals himself as we tribe. You have a key role to play. The fragrance, the aroma, the taste is already wonderful, but we'll even get better. We've spoken of some larger pots than we've ever spoken of that our stew will fit in. Coming together as one, that's a huge new thing for all of us. We've established new community events that we've already leaned into over the last six months. Been amazing. I mean, just has blown our mind what God has done already. We've agreed that part of our future is a $2.5 million building project. We'll, We'll have a building in the next couple of years on the side of I-5 at the intersections of 205 and I-5. Do you understand how insane that is? Do you understand what a miracle that it is that even combined we would own that? It's crazy how God is positioning us. We've committed that we're going to do everything to fill that new room so that we can begin to lean into new locations after new locations after new locations, right? We've also talked about establishing our every month, our night of worship, to build the team that will be the fuel that makes this vision possible. That's a crazy big pot. Come on. I mean, we've already stepped into vision before we've even started. It's, it's awesome. But I want to ask you to do a couple things. Number one, I want you to stand. And I know that you could do that. I just need you to, as we get ready to pray... I need you to do two things. I need you to see who God says you are in the kitchen, not who you were. This new season requires you to see God for who he is and see yourself as God sees you so that you can step into the kitchen and actually create stew. I was talking with Dakota this week, and I know that in probably one of the very first services, Dakota ended up... And I don't know if he could keep a beat or not at the time, but he ended up on the drums. And Dakota has been on the drums for the last six or seven years. But for destiny to be created, Dakota cannot see himself as the drummer. That is something he does. And let me tell you something, he does that excellent. I'm a fan of the drummer. If I could do anything, I would want to be a drummer. Don't tell Dakota that. It'll go to his head. Okay? But God has more for Dakota than just playing drums. And so as he looks forward, he's got to see himself as more than just a drummer because he is, because God sees more than that, and you have to see him more than just as a drummer. I need you to see yourself for how God sees you. I need you to catch a vision of that. I also need to see you to see God as being bigger and better in view of all that, that you actually don't necessarily need to do more. What you need to start doing is stepping into that which God sees you as. I don't know what the future for Dakota looks like. Well, I think I, think I could say, I think I do. But I won't, I, won't, I won't go there yet. But this is what I know. There's a process of ground that has to be taken. A forward step of faith that says, I know who I am. I know who God is. I know what God wants to do through my life. And I'm not sure how to get from here to there, but I know this. I have to at least take a step. That's what I want to do. I just want to take a moment. Is it okay, is it okay to, to pray? Good. Let's make some stew. This is just what I want to do. There's some of you standing in this room. You have served so faithfully. You've served at a level. 
and you've been good at it and you've shined. And we're so proud of you and so thankful for you. But this is a new day. There are new opportunities. There are new systems. There are new things that, new ways that we will do things that create space and room. And I want you to dream about what God has for you. Anytime there's a shift in the natural, I've observed this. God shifts the supernatural and it's crazy. The Bible says it's a good thing for a man to find a wife. That's for all of you single people out here, okay? And the Bible says that when he does, God does what? He adds favor. That means that there is something poured into a new relationship of something coming together. There's something about to shift. It hasn't shifted yet, but it is going to shift. And over the balconies of heaven into not just the church, Darren, into your and Chrissy's world. Scott, into you and Mandy's world. Right? This favor that comes upon you guys is going to be something new and something different. Yeah, I've been able to, to, to uh, work with a numbers of you. And it's been so good. I just know that for you and for many of our people, there's an expansion about to take place. A new place for you to run. There are going to be some gifts in you that have yet to be recognized that with other sets of eyes, and for our people as well, they will be able to run in places that they've only dreamed about. And so I want to pray for you. If you just die. Thank you for listening to today's message. We trust that you heard from God and are more encouraged, more refreshed, and more in love with Jesus than you were before. If you ever find yourself in the area, we'd love for you to attend a service. For more information on C3 Vancouver, you can visit our website at www.c3vancouver.org.